You're listening to Real You. This podcast is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs elevate to the peak of their physical, financial, and spiritual health. If you want more money, better health, more passion in your life, you've come to the right place. Hosted by Jared Briggs, executive wealth coach and mentor to those looking to step up to their best selves. Real You is your invitation to become who you've always known you could be. Here's your host, Jared Briggs. Hey, hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Real You and this week's episode of The Real You Show. You guys, my name is Jared Briggs. I am your host and welcome. Welcome, welcome. You guys, the goal, the desire, the the plan here is to help all of you become the real you. And you're gonna see this week's title is The Financial Secrets. Who doesn't wanna know the financial secrets of today's world? This has been one of the biggest things that has literally driven me in my life is to understand money, to understand wealth. What are the wealthy doing that the poor and the middle class aren't? And I've learned a lot of things here lately. Well, lately, over the last couple of years, especially in the insurance industry, the business that I'm in, uh, the people I've gotten to hang around, the books that I've read, the videos that I've listened to. And for the longest time, I've been scared to share them because I'm like, is it true? Is this truth? Will this really help people? And uh, I do it myself. I use these exact same strategies myself and they're working. So, so I've literally just hit this point in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of worrying about what other people think or say. I'm going to share my truth that I know now. Will it change? Of course it'll change. All of us are going to change. Everything's going to change. I mean, we've had the greatest economy for a while. And now with our new president situation, things are kind of a little wild, right? Like things are always changing. But this desire comes from my childhood. You guys, I grew up in a, in a good family, had, had great parents. And especially my mom, she worked her butt off to make sure my brother and I always had what we needed, that we were taken care of, that we had a roof over our head, food on the table, um, and all of those things. But at the same time, I could see the writing on the wall. I could see the struggle financially. I could see the worry. I could see the stress. I can't tell you how many times my mom would lay awake at night trying to figure out how to pay bills and how to do this and how to make that happen. And, and that worried me as a kid. I didn't like that. And I felt guilty as a kid anytime I needed something or we wanted to do something. Not that that's a bad thing, but I knew the stress that, that it put on my mom. And I'm grateful for those things. I'm, I'm grateful for my upbringing and here's why. Because if my parents would have been successful, if they would have been very uh, secure financially and, and wealthy and business and, and all of these things going on, it probably wouldn't have planted, I, it, I know it wouldn't, it wouldn't have planted these desires that I have in my heart and, and in my soul today to figure this out and to solve these problems for people in America. Not necessarily solve them because I can't solve everybody's problems, but what I can do is share information that can help you. And, you know, all growing up, I always thought, damn, like, why couldn't we be a family that was well off financially and da 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 da, da and all these things. And I remember there was a moment on my mission where I feel it was God speaking to me saying, hey, this is, this has all happened for a reason. 
you needed to go through those experiences to build the life that you truly are capable of building. Because of those hardships, because of those things, it has planted desires inside of you. Because you guys, if, if everything's easy, I want you to think about something that you, your parents bought you. You didn't respect it as much as something you bought yourself, right? 100%. I'm guilty of that. We all are. And so there's value in when we obtain it ourselves and we learn it ourselves. So this desire has been inside of me to, to learn this. And when I got home from my mission, I literally started reading books about money. I'm not going to tell you who because I do not like his financial plan anymore. You guys can probably tell uh, based off who I just said. <laughs> um, but I started seeking anything that I could to learn about money because I, I want to be financially wealthy. I want to be wealthy. I want to be secure. I want to be able to do whatever it is that I want to do when I want to do it. And uh, so I started seeking these things out. Well, at the first, you guys, I was in a scarcity mindset. Bad, 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 bad. I wouldn't spend money on anything unless I had to. I remember when my wife and I were first married, we'd been married for a little while by this point, but we went up to Garden City and with some friends to Raspberry Days, if anybody knows what that is. It's a big event uh, by the Bear Lake. It's this lake that's really not that good of a lake, but uh, it, it's this big party, right? And there's booths everywhere and uh, just a big party. Well, there was this uh, funnel cake place and my wife wanted a funnel cake. And so we went up there and they wanted $8 for a funnel cake. And I was like, yeah, freaking right. Like that is literally dough. Like anybody could make that and pour it into fiery grease like that and make a funnel cake. And I even told the people, I'm like, I bet if you lowered your prices, you would sell more. And they're like, well, we had to pay, I think it was like four or 500 bucks just for that day for their booth to be there. And I was like, holy crap, everybody's getting price gouged around here. Um, that's where my mindset was. You guys, that is complete scarcity mindset. And I finally learned the problem wasn't the cost of the funnel cake. The problem was, is I hadn't built up in myself the ability to earn enough money to be able to buy my wife the $8 funnel cake and not even care. You see, the problem isn't the cost of fuel. The problem isn't the cost of groceries. The problem isn't the cost of vehicles and the cost of housing. The problem is your ability to earn income. That is the problem. We all like to blame everybody else for everything, right? But when you finally take upon yourself that it is your fault and your responsibility, everything changes. I've had so many people tell me that my wife and I are crazy for building a house right now. Are we? Are we really? Because we don't look at it that way. We want the house. We want to live in the house. We don't care what it takes to get the house. Because we finally built inside of ourselves a non-scarcity mindset. We live in abundance. It's a stretch for us. It's challenging us, but I love it. So I went through all of these financial learnings and uh, I remember that $8 funnel cake. I actually, the other day, I set a goal inside of myself. <laughs> this is crazy. But the next time my wife wants a funnel cake, I'm going to buy a hundred of them. And maybe only she only takes one but I'm going to pay for a hundred of them. And the next 99 people behind us, I will pay for their funnel cake 
because it's not the price of the funnel cake that that's the problem. It's that I hadn't built up inside of myself the talent, the skills, and the abilities to earn the income to take care of my family no matter what it is. Stop living in a scarcity mindset. You have to change to abundant mindset. So I want to share some things with you guys, the financial secrets that I've learned. This is not financial advice. I don't know everything about money. There's a lot that are out there that I still need to learn. But according to what Jared Briggs knows now, I'm going to share with you guys. Because you first need to start building your, your foundation. I have a system that I love to teach. I use an Excel sheet or a Google sheet to manage my finances every single month. And that single thing right there has put my wife and I on track to financial wealth. You see, it's not necessarily how much money you make, which that is a big part of the goal. Our, everybody's goal should be to make 100000 a month, to make millions a year, to be in the top 1%, which is only like four or $500,000 a year. Everybody's goal should be that because it's possible. It is 100% possible. But I use this system that I've created to manage our money in a way that puts us in a position to create financial wealth every single month. Now, is it going to happen today? No. Is it going to happen in three, four, five years? Probably not. But every single month over a long extended period of time adds up to be a lot. Just for instance, my wife and I, we cash flowed the first $50,000 of our house. That was buying the lot, buying the land, all of our permits, uh, the down payment, like when you go to close, like all of those things. We practically cash flowed the first $50,000 because that's what it took. And we were able to do that because of this system. And I can talk about that another time. But what I want to share with you guys here is the financial secrets of the wealthy, according to Jared Briggs. My wife and I are very involved in agriculture. And one thing that we've noticed is there is a lot of people operating their ranches, their cattle ranches, how their grandparents, their grandparents before that, their parents, how their family members operated. And I don't know about you guys, but things have changed a lot. The cost of equipment, the cost of fuel, the cost of all of your supplies, the cost of hay, the cost of operation period has gone up significantly over the last couple of years. And I truly believe those that do not change, they are going to be the ones selling. And I truly believe we're going to see a time in the next very near future that there will be more agricultural land for sale than we've ever seen in the history of the world. And the reason why is because people are not willing to adapt and to change. The reason why I share this is because it's no different in our finances. It's no different in our marriage, how we manage our money, how we make our money, what we do with our money. The ways that our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents did it, I'm here to tell myself and all of you that I truly believe it isn't going to work anymore. It is not going to work anymore. And let me share with you why. 
I believe that our government has control and power for one purpose and one purpose only is to have control over the American people. And how they do this and how they have accomplished this is through money. If you've noticed in elementary, high school, college, and even beyond, there is practically zero knowledge and information taught in our schooling system. The knowledge and information that I was taught in the finance class that I did take through high school the teacher told us to go get a loan on tires. She literally said, hey, when your vehicle needs tires, go get a loan at a tire shop and that'll teach you how debt works. And I remember thinking, that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but okay, okay, whatever. And now looking at it, I'm like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There is no education. There is, there's nothing. How to balance a checkbook, how to use debt, how to use credit cards, how to manage money, how to invest money, how money really works, scarcity mindset, abundance mindset, like none of these things are taught. And I truly believe it's for a purpose. And I want to make this very clear. It is not the teacher's faults. I have family members that are teachers and they are damn good teachers. It is not their fault because they are following the curriculum curriculum, however the heck you say that, they are following what they are taught to teach. And they can do a damn good job at it. And I'm, and I'm grateful for that, those teachers that really do care. Now, a lot of teachers are out there and they're worthless. But there are good teachers and it are not. it is not their fault that there is no financial education taught. I truly believe that when the financial educational system was um, established in the early years of America... Based on the information that I've read, that I've listened to, that I've seen, it was planned and put into play that if they could take out financial education and knowledge, that they could control the American people. So this is by design. This is by plan. Because if they can control the money, they can control the people. If they can control you, They can control everybody. Look what happened with COVID. How many people were pissed off about COVID, yet they couldn't do anything because they didn't have the financial ability to do so? There were so many people that are like, damn it, I wish I could quit my job because they're making me get this vaccine and da-da-da-da-da, and it pisses me off, but I have to get it because I got to have my job. Well, what if you were financially secure? And what if you didn't need that paycheck every single month? Things would have been a lot different. I truly believe things would have been a lot different with COVID. I don't think it would have lasted near as long. But because we are so financially dependent on the next paycheck, on the next thing the government gives us, they have control. They have absolute control. And it's all through money. You guys, this is by design. This is by plan. There is a reason why They tell you to invest in 401ks and IRAs and all these retirement accounts. They were created by design. Those accounts will create just enough money that you don't starve. 
just enough. And let me share with you how I've come to believe that this is true. I've been in the insurance business since March of 2017. So this March of 2022, I just crossed five years. And in that time, I've had the ability to meet with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I currently have a book of business between health insurance, Medicare, life insurance of hundreds of clients. Well, I didn't sell everybody that I talked with. So I wouldn't be surprised if I've had conversations with over a thousand people now just in the insurance space. And in that time, I've asked a lot of questions because I'm interested, right? I told you the story of my desire as a kid, there has to be a better way than my mom and dad just working their butts off and just living paycheck to paycheck and, and never really getting ahead. You see, a job is just over broke. And I just kept looking at this and I'm like, what, what the hell? There's got to be a better way. So in my experience of helping people with insurance, I have asked questions. Now, they are very self-serving. <laughs> I will put that out there. But when I ask these clients questions, I ask them, about their retirement. I've asked them about their jobs. I've asked them, you know, what did you do with your money? And where did you invest it? And how did you invest it? And did you feel that you have a good retirement? And I've really asked questions to learn and understand like what these people did, was it good? Was it sufficient for their needs? And the, the crazy thing is, is in these conversations, a lot of people, the majority of people have said, you know, I, I did exactly what I was told to do. You know, I invested in the IRAs and, and the 401ks and I did this and I did this and I'm still paycheck to paycheck. I did that for 30, 40 years and, and like we've got enough for our needs, but we have to be very, very careful. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that conversation or I've, I've had that conversation. And it is scary to tell you that I could count on a, probably one hand, maybe two hands of the people in those hundreds and hundreds that I've visited with that actually have good retirements, that aren't worried about retirement. That when something comes up, they're like, yeah, let's go do it or let's buy that or da 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 da. Most people are terrified to spend their money in their retirement accounts because there isn't much. And when it's gone, it's gone. They don't have anything else. That's why you see more people working at Walmart and these other places like that in their 60s and 70s and 80s because they're like, hey, I would like to make another thousand, two thousand bucks a month for spending money because my retirement accounts aren't enough. I think it's time in America we finally see the writing on the wall, my friends. Ask your grandparents, ask your parents, ask the people around you. Do they feel confident in their retirement or are they worried? Are they slightly worried? Are they really worried? Or are they terrified? Because I think it's time to see the writing on the wall that what we're doing isn't working. It isn't freaking working. And I seen the writing on the wall years ago. I wasn't even in the business for very long when I realized there is a real problem with our retirement planning, with our financial management, with our money management, with how Americans are living today. There is a real freaking problem. 
And I have literally, everything that I've learned, I have done the complete opposite. People say, never use credit cards. That's the only thing that I use. And I've gotten huge value from doing so. People say, don't buy whole life insurance. That is the only thing I put my money into right now. People say, invest in IRAs and 401ks. I don't put a penny into either one of those. And neither does my wife. And on and on and on. You guys, it is time to see the writing on the wall. And it is never too late. You are never too late to change, to adapt, and to do things differently. I want to share with you what my wife and I have done. Now, putting this out there. And I'm going to create a lot more episodes on this because this is a topic that needs to be talked about every single freaking day. Because I am sick and tired of watching Americans struggle financially when there's no reason to be. There is no reason to struggle financially. I had a conversation with a guy this week that built a business that he worked on 25 minutes a week making six grand a month. 25 minutes a week. You guys, there are so many stupid freaking ways to make money and to create financial wealth. Your minds would be freaking blown. We've got to open up our minds. We've got to start challenging the status quo. The whole go to college, get a degree, get a job with benefits is dead. It's gone. It's over. And it doesn't work. I did not go to college. I do not have a college degree. I have one and a half semesters of college. And I will stand here and tell everybody that was the best thing that I ever did was stop going to college. There's nothing there that they can't, that they can teach that you can't learn on Google and YouTube. Nothing. Nothing. Now, if you need to be a doctor, a lawyer, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, okay, go, go get your college degree. You have to have them, right? I would like you to have some experience before you cut me open in surgery. I get that. There is value in college. But you guys, college is a business just like anything else. And they market college because if they don't get enough tuition, those professors don't get their fat salaries. Heck, the presidents of college, even at Utah universities, you guys, they're making millions millions. College is a business. And of course, they're going to market to you that you need a college education to get a good job because their salary depends on it. Hell, I'll be honest with you. I'm marketing some of my services because my salary depends on it. I get it. it, it that's the way the world goes round. But there's value and there's not value. So make sure you're getting the value. You know, you go buy a vehicle. I want, I want the value. I don't care that guy gets a commission. I want the value. So if I get that value, I'm willing to pay the price of the vehicle. And if that, that man or woman gets the commission, great, good on them. I want everybody to win. I want everybody to win. Hell, my framer, I paid them 40 something thousand dollars for a month and a half's worth of work. Great. 
I want, I want the job done. I'm willing to pay for it, right? There's nothing wrong with people making money. We just got to be smart about it. So I'm going to share with you what my wife and I have done. And uh, take it or leave it. One thing that I've learned is that the rich do not follow the standard planning that we're taught. The rich do not invest in IRAs. The rich do not invest in 401ks. The rich do not use debit cards. And the rich don't do everything that the poor and middle class does. The rich doesn't do, my friends. 100%. 100%. One of the craziest things that I understood, I had a Chevy Cruze. I can't remember what year it was now. Uh, but a, a Chevy Cruze car. That was the first car I bought in my business because uh, I needed a car. I got good fuel mileage because I was broke when I started. And I, I bought this car and I put a lot of miles on that thing. And it got to the point where I started um, needing work done on it. And it literally got to the point where every month I was doing something on it. And it would be anywhere from two to $400 every single month. And it was eating me up. Not necessarily because of the cost, but because... You know, it'd be in the shop for two days and I'm like, crap, well, now I can't go out and see clients and do this. So I'd literally have to take off work and just work from home. Well, at the start, you guys, I didn't have a lot going from my phone and my, and my email. It was everything. I was out pounding the streets. So when I didn't have my car, it made it really difficult. And it just literally month after month after month. And I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. Like I keep putting hundreds of dollars into this thing and I'm always out. And I remember listening to podcasts and doing a couple things um, and, or hearing a couple things. And I can't remember where I heard it, but I remember somebody saying that, you know, there's a reason why ri- the rich buy brand new cars because they never have to worry about them breaking down. And if they do, it's taken care of and they don't have to think about it. And I'm like, man, that's, this is getting ridiculous. So I literally went and looked at a car buying a brand new car and my payment was going to be $312 a month. And I'm like, heck, I'm putting that or more into my car every single month. And I'm broke down two to four days every single month. And so I sit there and debated on it and debated on it. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to buy it. So I sold my car, took the cash, put it in my bank account. And that literally made the payments for a long time. And I was never broke down anymore. And everything was warrantied. Everything was taken care of. It included so many oil changes and all that. And I'm like, man, this is freaking incredible. It literally helped my business grow because I now never had to worry about my car breaking down. If I, if I needed to go on a long trip, I was good. Now you need to be smart about this. You guys don't go out and buy a brand new car just because I said this. Like if you literally can't afford it, da, 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 like don't be stupid, right? But the rich do not do things like the poor in the middle class. You guys, middle class is practically poverty nowadays. The way inflation and everything's going, that's another lie. They tell you inflation's, you know, four to six percent or whatever they say. Yeah, right, dude. I'd be surprised if we aren't above 20, 30 percent right now. Heck, even more. Everything's a lie. Everything from the government is a lie financially. So I want to share with you something, one thing that my wife and I did that has literally changed everything for us. 
when I first started in the business, I, uh, I was really setting out to learn about money and finance. And I knew the insurance space was a good, good place, right? It's a financial services industry. And I had a friend come stay at my house one time and he brought a book. And that book talks about the infinite banking system and really caught my interest, really caught my interest. And I read this book, I can't even tell you how many times, and I found some others like it that I read, and I just started devouring this information and found a, a guy through some mutual friends that knew a lot about the infin infinite banking concept and started picking his brain, which was incredible because he had been using that system for many, many years and had used that system to buy real estate, to buy a restaurant, to buy his office building, where his office was and others that he rented to. So he was using these things. And I started studying this. I studied it for probably a good year and a half. And I want to share with you guys what this is. I've talked about it on podcasts and, and my social media before, but a lot of people out there tell you never buy whole life insurance. And I'm here to tell you they're wrong. Based on my information of what I've known and what I've now done, they are wrong. Now, there is a right way to set up these policies and there is a wrong way. The wrong way, if you just buy as just a standard whole life policy that isn't set up correctly, I agree. It is a terrible investment. I wouldn't invest my money into it. But if you set these policies up correctly, where they are a dividend-paying whole life insurance policy that grows a death benefit and that grows a cash value all based off what's called paid-up additions and, and a bunch of other things. If you set up this policy correctly, they work incredible. Let me tell you what my wife and I did. Five years ago, my wife and I bought a policy on my wife. We put $5,000 a year into this policy. I could show you. If any of you are interested, hit me up and I will show you the policy. I will literally do a, a Zoom meeting with you. I will do a screen share. I will log into my wife's policy and I will show you exactly everything that I'm telling you right now. We set this up in March. So every year in March, we pay $5,000 into this policy. When the policy first started, I want to say it was $260,000 death benefit. Great. We set the policy up with the knowledge of my friend that I had made that used this policy exactly how we wanted to set it up in the infinite banking way so that some of the money went into the base of the policy and some of the money went into paid up additions. And we paid the premium. Immediately, the policy was effective and there was immediately cash in the cash value account that we could borrow. Now it wasn't a ton because we were only putting 5,000 in, right? It was two to 3,000 bucks or whatever it was, but we could literally borrow that money right back out, put the 5,000 in, borrow the couple thousand back out. We didn't, but that was the, the ability of it, right? We're like, cool. The next year comes, we pay another 5,000. The cash value grows again. The next year, another 5,000, another 5,000. And in 2022, we just paid our fifth payment of $5,000. So we have put $25,000 into this policy currently. Well, I told you that the starting death benefit was 260 something thousand, right? I'd have to double confirm that, but it was 200 and something thousand dollars. 
Well, after five years and my wife, we make, we made the, the fifth payment into this policy. The death benefit is now $409,000 and a cash value of $20,000 and 800, $20,800. Now, a lot of you are like, yeah, but you've put 25,000 into the policy. Yeah, I get it. We've put more into the policy than we have available, but we have a massive cash or a death benefit that continues to grow. So there's a lot of value there. This year, my wife and I were building our house. I've mentioned that. And where we live, there is not very many places to rent. And the rental we were in turned out to be a bad deal. Uh, we gotten gotten a deal with some people that are not honest and uh, turned out to be a bad situation. So we were like, hey, let's get out of here. We got to find somewhere else to live. Well, we're getting ready to build our house. We're like, gosh, where the heck do we go? We couldn't find anything. And I literally, uh, it was coming down to where we really needed to find somewhere to live. And I remember just telling my mind, you guys, your subconscious mind is a powerful thing. Telling my mind, we, we've got to figure this out. We need somewhere to live. And I had a thought come into my head. Why don't you buy a camper? Because it was on my goal list to buy a camper anyway. Why don't you buy a camper? Park it next to your in-laws. You can use their basement, but you guys live in the camper, so you kind of have your own place. I was like, holy freak, that's a good idea. So I told my wife, talked to our in-laws, bingo. Well, now we need to buy a camper. And uh, we're, we're building a house. We're putting a lot of money into this house. We put a lot of cash into it. And so we didn't really want to expend more cash into a camper. But we didn't want to go get a loan because once you apply for a house, you really can't go get a loan on anything because now everything is reliant on your debt to income. Like if you change that, it changes the house, right? So we're like, crap, now what do we do? We remembered we have this policy and we knew we could borrow against it. We'd always wanted to buy something with it to, to see how it worked. We just hadn't found nothing yet that made sense to borrow the money and buy, right? And so we got looking at, we're like, how much money do we have in there? So we log in and there's $20,800. And we're like, dang, that's plenty to go buy the camper we want. So we, we were searching for campers and I found the exact camper we wanted. Literally, you guys, the camper that was on my vision board that I had printed off the exact floor plan we found really close to home too. And we go to them, we look at it, you know, hey, what do you guys want for it? They wanted like $22,000 for it. And we're like, dang, you know, um, all right. So we, we thought about it and called him back a little bit later and said, well, we're, we're a cash offer. And uh, we, you know, $22,000 do not work for us. You know, what's your best price? And the guy come back and I think he said his best price was $20,226. And I was like, and you guys, I really wanted to be 19.5, 19.5 or lower. And put my sales skills to work here. And he, he made his best offer. And I was like, gosh, dang, that's, that's still a little high than what we were thinking. And I was hoping he would ask, well, what are you thinking? And he did. And I said, well, my best offer is $19,226. I didn't mind the 226, right? But I said 19,000, that's that's the highest. And then I just quit. I didn't say anything. It was awkward silence and he come back and he's like, "Well, 
Yeah, okay, we can do that. Bingo. So my wife and I, what we did is we went to her life insurance policy. We got online. It's literally like a bank account. It's crazy. And we requested a loan for uh, $20,500. We requested that loan. And within a couple days, that amount of money was in our bank account. There was no approval process. There was no questioning. There was nothing. We literally requested it, and it was in our account within a couple of days. And we took a cashier's check, went and bought the camper. Then I bought like a generator and a couple other things for it. And uh, we were set up. Now, the reason why I share this is because, you guys, that solved a big problem for us. We didn't have to borrow money from a bank or a credit union or the, the camper place. It's now not on our debt-to-income ratio. It's literally completely hidden, yet we've borrowed this money. Now, this is where the cool part of the policy comes into play. Our, our plan is to use this policy correctly, right? Like you go borrow money from a bank, there's an interest rate, and you got to pay it back or they're going to come after you. So we are literally treating this policy the same. We're, we're charging ourselves an interest rate, and we are paying back this policy every single month, just like a normal payment. But what's really cool about this policy is they don't tell us what we have to pay back. We could literally pay back 25 bucks a month until it's paid back. Now we're paying, you know, four or $500 because I want to get it paid back fast because I want that money available again because I want to go buy a rental property or investment property, something. So we are literally paying this money back. But if we had a tough month, we don't have to make a payment. We do not have to make a payment. It is literally based on our terms. It is literally our own bank account. We control everything about it. Now, the next thing is a lot of people think, well, if you pull money out of investment, now you've learned, you've lost income earning opportunities, opportunity cost, right? So if you had $50,000 in a bank account, let's say in some type of investment where you were making 5%, well, if you pulled out the $20,000 to go buy a camper, you're now losing the ability to earn 5%, right? Which I get it. One of the biggest things that sold me on this policy was when you borrow money from the policy, the money continues to grow as if the money was still there. And here's why. Because we're putting our money into the policy and then it comes back in cash value, right? When we borrow from that account, we're actually borrowing from the insurance company. We're not borrowing our money in the account. So that's why it's considered a loan against our policy. So <clears throat> we still have that $20,800 in the account, still gaining interest, still growing, doing everything that it does within the policy. Yet we have the money pulled out of the account still in the camper. So literally $1 is doing more than one things. It's still in the policy while we still have it. The policy continues to grow as if the money was still there. I want you to think about this. I know there's a lot of people out there that want to own a business or want to buy a rental property, uh, want to invest in real estate, want to invest in da 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 What if you first put the money in an insurance policy, then borrowed the money, and did the investment. Now you're growing in the policy and growing in your investment. It's literally the best of both worlds, you guys. It is freaking incredible. 
At the same time, this policy gets bigger every year. Every year we make a premium payment, the dividend gets bigger. Now a dividend is something the company spits out based on the performance of the company. So I like to use companies that have good paying dividends and that have paid a dividend for 100, 150 years or more. Like they've been around for a long time. So, so that's where we put our money. So every year the dividend gets bigger. So there will be a time that we will pay a $5,000 premium, but we will get 8,000 in cash value. It will spit out more cash value than premium paid. And it's all because of the dividend and the paid up additions and exactly how this policy is set. You guys, it is a powerful, really, really cool tool. Now, the plan with this policy is my wife and I, we have interest in buying real estate properties and buying agriculture land and doing businesses. And so when we set up this policy five years ago, it was all for the purpose of, hey, when we need to go buy a piece of equipment or buy a, or we need a down payment on a piece of property or whatever it is that we're doing, we can use this, this policy. At the same time, when we get into retirement, you can draw the cash value as income in retirement. You guys, it is a completely flexible policy to do however it is that you want to do it. Let's say, just to give you guys an idea, let's say by the time my wife is 65, there's a million dollars in the account of cash value because we've paid paid the camper back and, and everything that we've done with the policy, we've always paid it back. So let's say that there's a lot of money in this account. Let's just say for easy numbers, there's a million dollars. Well, let's say from the time my wife's 65 to whenever she passes away, let's say we borrow $500,000 to supplement our, our retirement income. You guys, this is powerful because we've used this money all along. We're using it right now. So, that, so that's powerful right there, right? We always have access to the cash, but we've always paid it back. And now we're in retirement. We're like, hey, let's, let's pull this for retirement income to supplement our retirement. So let's say we, we pull out $500,000 in that time and my wife passes away. Well, I've told you that the death benefit continues to grow, right? So let's say the death benefits 1.5 million and the cash value is a million. When my wife passes away and we haven't paid back the $500,000, that's okay. Because what will happen is the beneficiary listed will get the money. They would receive $1.5 million if we hadn't borrowed anything. So let's say the death benefits 1.5 million, the cash value is a million, but we've borrowed $500,000 from the account. When my wife passes away, the insurance company will keep $500,000 to get their money back that we used in retirement, and they will give the beneficiary the other million dollars. That is a win, win, win. I hope that makes sense. I kind of got a little wild in my numbers right there, but there's a $1.5 million death benefit and a million dollars in cash value in retirement. We borrowed $500,000. So when my wife passes away, they will keep 500,000 of the death benefit and give the other million to the beneficiary. Now you guys, life insurance, the death benefit is tax free. So let's say my, our, our kids are listed as the beneficiaries. And let's say we have four kids. Um, that's, that's our goal is, is to have four kids. We only have one right now, but we've always said about four kids. 
Um, so let's say we split that million dollars between those four kids and we teach them to do the same thing, to put all that money into a policy for themselves. Do you guys see how this can really start to get big? Because now they've got all this money they can put into the policy. Well, what the more money you put into the policy, the bigger it gets. I wish we would have put 10000 a year into my wife's policy. So guess what? We're going to start another one on her. We're going to start many on me. And we're going to start some on my daughter as well. She's 18 months old. It's going to be awesome. Well, if we can teach our kids and our grandkids and everybody can, to continue this on, this is one of the greatest ways that I've come across to create generational wealth. Solves a lot of tax problems, creates a lot of cash flow capabilities, and it's just a win-win-win for everybody. This is why my wife and I have started this policy. We're using the policy, and we're going to continue to use the policy, and we will do whatever it takes to make sure this policy never ends because this planning has turned out incredible. And it has the ability and the capabilities to create generational wealth for the rest of our lives, our kids' lives, our grandkids, our great-grandkids, our great-great-great-grandkids, and forever and on. That is the power of these policies. And I'm here to tell you that the rich, this is a system they use. I've recently learned that banks are one of the largest purchasers of, of whole life insurance, dividend-paying whole life insurance. The Rockefeller family and a lot of those super wealthy families that pretty much control America and the world, this is exactly what they do with their money. You guys, there are so many powers and capabilities within these policies. My goal and desire is to share them. Find somebody that knows how these work. Find somebody that understands the infinite banking concept. Pick their brain, learn what companies they're using, and have them help you start a policy. My wife and I do not put any money in IRAs, 401ks, or nothing like that. I don't trust them. I don't believe in them. This is my personal opinion. This is personally what I'm sharing. So these are some financial secrets. You guys, the way our grandparents did it, the way our parents did it, I don't believe they're going to work anymore. We've got to get creative and we've got to start using truth. These policies are truth. The government literally created 401ks and IRAs in the place of these policies to keep us distracted from them. I truly believe that. I truly believe it. Because they know that these policies have the ability to give the power back to the American people. And my desire is to have that power within my family, that I'm never reliant on the government or what they say, what they do, nothing. I love America. And I want to I want to get all the good from America. I don't want to be controlled by the bad. And that's what I desire for you guys as well. So seek truth. Seek understanding. Learn. Open your mind. Challenge yourself. You guys, be the real you. The real you doesn't just sit back and, ah, I'll take care of it later. That's not the real you. You guys, be a seeker of truth. Accomplish the goals and the dreams that you have inside of you. You guys, I hope this was helpful. I hope this stretched your mind. I hope you're like, you're wrong. And, and it challenges you to start studying and, 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 and seeking. I actually have a family member that a couple of years ago, we were having a conversation and I, and I shared with them. I said, look, the, financial, the, the Federal Reserve 
is not the government. The Federal Reserve is a private company controlled by private people. And they're like, no, it's not. The Federal Reserve is the government. I said, no, it's not. The Federal Reserve is not the government. The Federal Reserve is a private company and they have control of banks, money, everything. Like it, it's a scary freaking thing. And they were freaking pissed off about it. And I said, cool, <laughs> go study it. I'm like, I don't care you're mad at me. I was pissed off when I found out too. And uh, they come back, it was a couple weeks later and they're like, you're right. I researched the heck out of this and the Federal Reserve is a private company. I said, I know, scary, isn't it? Changes everything. So you guys, I, I hope this made you mad. I hope this challenges your way of thinking. I hope you start looking at your retirement accounts and everything you have going on. And is it gonna be enough? Is it sufficient for your needs? Are you gonna be taken care of? Are you creating financial freedom? Or are you under the thumb of the government? What do you want? What do you want? You guys, be the real you. Have a great day. And uh, let's connect. Take care, you guys. Thank you.